0: So I literally had £7,000. I went on a bit of a whim and I just thought this product feels right. I remember standing there and I just collapsed. At that point, I was given a 20% chance of survival.
1: Hi guys, Angelica Bell here and welcome back to the NatWest Business Show. Joining me today, we have Misha Monirad, a successful entrepreneur, rehabilitation coach, personal trainer, keynote speaker who advocates for those with chronic illnesses. And despite having all of that on his plate, he has still managed to make time to speak to us today. Now overcoming some big hurdles and drawing from his own experiences with IBD, Misha with his company, Mr. Colitis Crohn's has become a hugely respected entrepreneur and also a content creator amassing a huge and loyal following. So we're super excited to have him on the show. We are well, thank you
0: so much for having me. What an introduction.
1: So to kick things off, Misha, we're asking all our guests to give us a business confession. So how you perhaps turned adversity into an opportunity to learn something about yourself or your business. So the floor is yours. Give us your confession.
0: I guess this kind of puts me in a bit of a vulnerable spot straight away. <laughs> we're opening it up quite exciting. <laughs> um, so for me, one of the things that I've always struggled with is, is numbers and words. And for the longest of time, I didn't know what that problem was. I never put a name to it. And to this day I've never had a prognosis or a diagnosis but from all the symptoms that I kind of looked at I'm um, I'm sitting with having dyslexia um and dyscalculia um which I just never knew I had.
1: So is it something you knew you had as a child or was it something that you've just sort of worked out recently?
0: I think I've just worked it out recently to be right. honest in the last like four or five years when I was in school I never told anyone that I was struggling because basically what was happening to me is the words were just moving around the screen and dropping off the page. Um, I just couldn't retain numbers and stuff very well. So I didn't say anything. That was really difficult as a child. Yeah, it was really difficult. Yeah, because there'll be little things that people ask you to do that are simple tasks and I would have to sit away and think and actually take my time and do it. It's not that I couldn't do it. I just had to build a different method of doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've done all the way up to today is I've just built my own way of doing things.
1: And has that, I mean, well, first of all, that's really open of you to talk about it. And um, do you talk about it much at this?
0: I don't talk about it a lot, but my but everything I do is to help people. So that end product of whether I develop something or whether I produce something is to connect with someone and help someone. So if by me sharing this message will trigger something in someone else to give them the confidence to start a business, because they're, suffering with these things um it's worth doing it
1: and talking about weaknesses is is, is a strength as well well we know you've got loads of strengths (laughs) (laughs) and your business journey is quite well it is a hugely personal journey Mm -hmm. but as a keynote speaker and also ambassador for Coloplast you're used to sharing that so let's talk about how you got started
0: so my journey really started with health and health issues in 2013 I was at university studying high performance coaching and nutrition, and I was absolutely fine. And then one day I just started feeling unwell and I was being sick a lot and I couldn't put a finger on what was going on with my body. Over the course of a week, I had three GPs come to my home to try and give me a prognosis. And they were saying that I had gastroenteritis, which is essentially a stomach bug. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll listen to what they say. Drink water, drink fluid. My dad came about a week later. He looked at me and he said, we're going to hospital now. And um, we got in the car. He drove me to hospital. And when I got to the information window, I remember standing there and I just collapsed. And I knocked one of my teeth out as well in the process. And from that moment was where everything really took a big change. And that was when I was about 21. And basically when you're young, prime, mm.
1: and you're also you're doing a degree about physical health and yes. your body. And then all of a sudden you haven't got that control.
0: Yeah, it was completely gone. So I was put straight into an induced coma for around two and a half weeks. And at that point, I was given a 20% chance of survival. So they basically told my mum and my family, like, this isn't good. And what they had to do in that period of time is basically take me down to the theatre for eight hours a day take all my organs out, wash them, and then put them back in my body. And what had essentially happened is I had an undiagnosed burst appendix. So the most common procedure in the UK, but just wasn't picked up. So they had to open me up via a nine inch incision and do that process. I woke up after that coma and I was five and a half stone. So I was really thin. I was extremely ill and I had to learn to walk, eat and all those things again. And, And really that was probably one of the hardest times of my life. It was really bad and I had no one to relate to. And all these things snowballed to where I am today, really, because they gave me the insights into a place where a lot of people would never go. Um, And they gave me life experiences that I never would have had. And they made me sort of grow up very quickly. And I went back home and about eight months after that happened, I basically started going to the toilet up to 40 to 50 times a day. And I was, I I personally thought something.
1: Did you feel that it wasn't working as
0: it should? something wasn't right. And I felt like maybe they hadn't stitched something up inside properly. I didn't really know. And after about nine months of testing, I was diagnosed with IBD, which is a combination of ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. And that prognosis snowballed over the next four years of me taking medication and, you know, taking 16 tablets a day. It was awful. Again, had a really um, deep times mentally trying to overcome this because I was fit and healthy. And now I'm taking, you know, my body felt like a 70 year old man. And I was taking 16 tablets a day. So I ended up going through that process of medication. And then after that process, I opted to have a stoma bag. And yuck. so you
1: opted you, you, because obviously it must have been so bad. Mm. You just wanted a way out. Was that, was that it or you just thought this is the only way I'm going to have to move forward with this and I'm going to do it?
0: I kind of had enough of living day by day. I wanted to be able to do something with my life, not go to the toilet 40 times a day. And I was trying to be a personal trainer at that time as well. And I just felt like a shell of my former self. It was ruining my life. So I thought I need to look at the way my life is right now and think, is it sustainable? Is this a way that I can live for the rest of my life? And it wasn't. So that being the case, I created change and the way that I could do that was having my large intestine removed and then having an ileostomy fitted, which is basically the end of my small intestine sticking out my stomach and then my feces goes into a bag. Mm. Um, A lot of people associate this with old people and this is one of the reasons why from the minute I had that first surgery and I was five and a half stone, I started blogging. And that started off as me writing my emotions down, sort of, connecting with other people that were going through the same thing and that's really where Mr. Clytus Crohn's was sort of born Um, and yeah it's been a hell of a journey from then.
1: So that's how it all started so let's talk about now and the businesses that you own.
0: So my first business um, was the first official one I started which is my stoma support belts which is essentially a wrap that goes over the top of people that have got scar tissue, Um, or stomas and it wraps over the top and compresses it it does a few things it builds your confidence so you know now i've got a loose t-shirt on but you can't see i've got a bag and it's not that i'm ashamed of it but i just don't want a whole bag full of feces visible all the time Mm. it should be at my discretion when i tell someone about that yeah so it's that's one function of it it enables people to go swimming um do exercise and all these other things Um, that I could have only dreamt of when I first had my bag fitted. And it's the reason why I designed it. I designed it for myself. It works so well. I was like, other people need this product. So that's one. The, The next one that is actually releasing like now is a product called hydrostomate, which is essentially a rehydration drink that gives you optimal hydration. So there's certain products on the market now that I'm sure you might know that basically give you rehydration if you're on holiday and you feel like all your electrolytes have dropped right down um, and you're feeling severely dehydrated. People with my condition can actually get that onset very quickly and they suffer with it every day. This hydration drink is in 500 mils of water and you can drink it in the morning and it'll make you feel great. So those two products are designed for people with colorectal problems basically.
1: And reading about your story on Instagram and seeing it that you're being so vulnerable, open, and also you're educating me
0: Mm.
1: is testament to why you've done so well. And, And I think it's your personal experience that I and I guess, you know, is one of the reasons why you've been so successful at business and also in advocating for people with chronic illnesses because you have empathy. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, it's that lived experience. You can't teach from a place where you haven't been. I think that's really important. Again, with social media, I wanted to show the reality. Like you said, a lot of people that even you know have a stoma, they don't talk about, they're embarrassed. So what I look to achieve through everything I do, whether it's business or socials and awareness, is getting people that have the condition to feel empowered, to show them they can still do something with their life. This is just a bag. It'll be fine. The people that don't have it is the educational element. So showing them like, this is what people with my condition go through on a day-to-day basis. And this is the reality. This is what sits behind the bag. Yeah, I think that's so important because then when you do see someone going to use a disabled toilet or sitting in a disabled seat on the bus, it, it makes you second guess what your opinion is because you don't know what that person's been through.
1: So for you to be able to achieve what you, you do because you're still in it yes and it's still going to grow so can you tell us about having the right mindset in some of those challenges and how can business owners who are going through their own personal battles keep a strong mindset
0: it's difficult because naturally i'm not going to sit here and say that i don't get overwhelmed and i don't get anxious still and these emotions aren't here on like a monthly weekly basis because they are um it's making sure that you have these systems in place for when these things do happen, you can micromanage those things. So what are the systems? What tell us? Oh, that's the secret. (laughs) (laughs) Let us in. Yeah. So for instance, I have a VA. So someone who does all my virtual assistant stuff because I don't want to be spending my energy on things that I'm not good at and that will cause me stress when they don't need to. So employing someone to do that and taking the financial hit is worth my time back in value. So you need to look at your time as value back into the business. So I get people like that. I've got an incredible accountant who does a lot of stuff for me now, which I just pay them to do because I don't want to be doing that. And I don't want that affecting all the things that I need to be focusing on. So in time now, I will just be growing and developing a team essentially. So it means that I can focus on the forefront of my social media, on showcasing my businesses, going and doing keynote talks and being at my best. What I don't want to be doing is looking at a document that's taken me two hours to read where someone else could have done it in 10 minutes and then I'm going into it stressed. I just don't need that.
1: And this goes back to the, the start of our conversation. You know your strengths. Mm-hmm. So you want to put all your effort and energy into that aspect of you, you, you yes, Misha. And for the weaknesses that you think that you have, because I'm sure, sh- you know, whatever, you've got the right team there to support you. Yes. So it's also about knowing when to make those decisions and thinking that hit is worth it for the development of the business.
0: Yes, you've got to have a you've got to have a plan, so you need to have an action plan ahead of time, like you need to have an actual business plan. so one of the things that really helped me actually was getting a mentor, so I actually got a mentor who is better than me at certain things, and then I can take the systems that they've made and just spin them into my business. So it's like you said, it's being smart and putting things in place when it's ready. Otherwise, it could be detriment. Mm. Like if you're investing too much money into something when you're not actually financially stable to do so, that could be dangerous at the same time.
1: Right, Misha, I'm going to let you have a little bit of break. Sit back and not too much. Yeah. Okay, because I'm going to pose to you some questions in trending takes. Okay, so a new feature we've got on the podcast. Our team has been scouring the web for topics, tweets, and talking points and written some statements that are going to provoke some conversation from you, whether yeah. you agree or disagree. Interesting. Okay. And all you need to do is be honest. Okay,
0: let's do this. Are you happy? Let's do this.
1: CEOs don't need a personal presence on social media. Now, I think I know what you're going to say.
0: Yeah, so I think they should absolutely be on social media. Because at the end of the day, they are just a person. So by them being a person and showing themselves and what they do on a daily basis and their vulnerabilities, that will funnel down through the whole company. So an example would be if I was feeling anxious or depressed or wasn't happy within my workplace and I kind of felt like I know a little bit about the CEO, he shows a lot online and and it gives me that sort of feeling that I could talk to him, it could make me feel safer. So I think by them communicating and showing the real them is really important.
1: Because then what about some people will say, well, CEO have to show authority. They have to show wisdom. They have to walk into a room and be like, yes,
0: I'm in charge. It's almost an old school way of thinking. Yeah, But I guess it depends, again, what industry you're in and whether that industry has caught up with the times. I think that's quite an important area to focus on as well.
1: Yeah, because you could say that you're a CEO. Yeah. And... Like you said as well, people buying into your products—they're yes. buying into you, the experiences, your um, your wisdom. Mm-hmm. And we want, and we want, we want Misha. <laughs> yeah, we want to see it. <laughs> we want Misha. <laughs> yeah. Okay, trending take two. Business owners should be expected to push themselves to the limit.
0: Disagree. I don't think you should. I don't think that's a, again. I think that's a bit of an old school approach of like get up at four a.m work until 12 at night it's that sort of old mentality of thinking personally for me i'm like you'll be at your best if you're rested if you're looking after your lifestyle if you get to spend more time with your family so it's like understanding that like balance is key and if you push too hard
1: but then me some people thinking oh i want to start a business i've got to put all those hours and mm. i'll have that at the end of the day but obviously you don't know how many years they might be saying no i can't do that i've got to invest now and that means staying up 24
0: hours there's there's an element of that like you know, When I was starting up my stuff, I probably went through that phase. But again, like I said earlier, it's those learn experiences from doing that to go, right, you need to put the brakes on and, and, and stop at this time. You need to put your phone down at this time. Don't answer emails back at this time. So there is an element of, don't get me wrong, you have to work hard in order to build something, especially if it's your own. But you also need to be putting those brakes in place, going on holiday and, and living life.
1: Because if you're burnt out... Mm. You're good to know one.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> terrible. Um, and life's for living, right? It's, it's, you've got to do things and experience things and go and see the world and spend your money. Um, otherwise, you're doing all this work. You might be cashing all the bank balance up, but you're not doing anything. Yeah. And you know, I I know firsthand that tomorrow's not a given. Yeah. So you want to do things like spend time with your family. Like when I'm with my family, I'm with them. Like if I'm with my friends, I'm with them. I'm not on my phone. So you, so you so you don't go on completely and- not no, so if we were in a, a a chat here right now like we are, I would never have my phone on the table um and if I did it'd be face down but I'd never ha- I'd, I'd put it away because by me answering an email, looking at Instagram, looking at a social media channel, I'm basically telling you that this is more important than you as a person and if you do that enough, you'll distance yourself so much that you'll just be on your own it will be you and work and the and money and the money in the bank yeah. And that's why they say money doesn't buy happiness. It's because a lot of people go down that route and then they've gone too far. They don't know how to turn around. So it's understanding those before they happen and doing something about it. Yeah. Gosh. I actually know quite a bit of everything. it. Well,
1: literally, (laughs) I'm like, bring it on. (laughs) Now, you have 6 million followers across your social media platform, which is insane. So how do you go about unlocking such an engaged audience?
0: people i've always loved people so that human to human that human to human connection i've always been good at breaking ice and making people feel comfortable there's a certain skill asset i think particularly when it comes to camera work or whether you can communicate a message as if the person knows you through the screen yeah so there's certain skill assets that i think you can learn there's certain things that you're just naturally gifted at doing and for me talking to people and making people feel comfortable has always been something that i know I'm good at making people feel safe. And I've been able to communicate that online. In terms of growing like an engaged following, I actually watched a video um, from a guy called Gary V. Do you know Gary V? Yeah. So he has got three, four, five, six times the amount of followers I've got. And he still direct messages people, sends them video messages independently to the individual. And from my perspective, I have always been one of these people that, If someone messages me something in detail about their health or something really serious, like I get messages around people that are, um, you know, they don't want to be here anymore, positions where I've been in the past. If I can't take the time to send them a voice note or an in-detail message, I won't get back to them at all because it can have a really damaging effect if you write a half assed answer back. They just feel like you're just you're you're basically um
1: brushing them off just br- just, just you know yeah. Just, yeah just what is it what's it called when you just don't really give people time and just not there you're not engaged properly yeah. you're just like oh yeah yeah thanks sir.
0: yeah so I always make the effort if i'm gonna communicate with people on my channel i will send them a voice note i'll send them a personal video to make them feel how i feel about them that they are special and they are a person i think it's very important when you are on social media you can get wrapped up in the numbers six million seven million eight million that's six seven eight million people and that's something that i always remember because all of those people enable me to do what i do for a living they buy my products yeah without them you wouldn't be here i'm nothing yeah so it's important
1: but then if people are thinking oh i really want to get better at that and that connection is you know are you saying it's something that's inherently in you you've either got it or you don't or is it something you can develop
0: you know you you can develop i i'm I like to think that over the years I've become more and more of an empathetic person. Like I'm a nicer person. My conditions made me a nicer person. It's shaped me into who I am today because I, I understand certain feelings and certain emotions. I grew up in a house when I had all sisters. Um, so like I mean, I've connected with those emotions which are, which are really important.
1: So what you're saying is you can look at your experiences and draw on from certain things to help you have empathy, to maybe let yourself go, mm-hmm. to express yourself show vulnerability those things can help when you're online
0: absolutely because it shows you're a person you're not a business you're i'm a person and then my businesses came after that so people buy my business products because they like me as a person and i think a really important thing to remember as well is like people get so um focused on the numbers again they want to have 10 million but they don't know what that means they don't know that what the responsibility that comes with having that many followers you have to be at the beginning of it you have to grow with it so if i gave the normal person my accounts now and said right you're going to develop a piece of content every day 20 stories engage with 50 people it would be so overwhelming that the whole thing would collapse it's built with me. So I've sort of engaged with it the whole time. And now I can micromanage six different things mm. without any problems. But you grow with it.
1: And also that personal touch, mm-hmm. it's invaluable, isn't it? Yes. Just to get that. I mean, if someone gives you that one message, I mean, you've probably made their life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've spoke to people in the past that have not actually wanted to be here anymore or have been second guessing about going for surgery or like don't really know what to do and are lost. And they'll watch one video or literally have two voice notes with me and I've given them more than what their medical team has because I've treated them as a person and I've listened to them. And that's what a lot of people want. They just want someone to communicate with that they can relate to.
1: Mm. But Misha, with such a large following, obviously there's going to be loads of people who have a positive experience with you, you know, care about your journey. But then also you're going to have people who have a negative impact on that and Mm -hmm. feel that they need you know like people need to give them their opinion which sometimes isn't great how do you deal with the negativity of social media something that scares a lot of people and and they say that you know now businesses has to be you know right there for everyone to see and it's and it's a tool that really can make a business grow so how do you deal with it
0: i've again experienced things so i've made mistakes and i've Had people say horrible things to me in the past, to the point of where, like, I'm like, "Why am I doing this?" Like, it's been bad, but again, it's a learning curve. And I've had days where I've been like, "It's really upset me," because I'm so invested in my social media in terms of like the people that I'm helping. It's had a profound impact on me, but that's the key. When you understand your target audience, and I understand that if one person watches my video and gets a huge amount of value from it the other thousand comments don't matter and that's what i focus on i focus on for say a video gets 100 million views 200 million views which they have the people in there that are getting value from that is why i create my content
1: yeah it outweighs the negativity
0: completely so now i'm so far (laughs) above that that those negative comments are actually useful for me because i take them
1: and it drives and I, you.
0: I, I make a bit of content and it's like, thank you very much for the comment because I can make something out of this now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it's kind of like turning it, yeah. spinning it on its head.
1: Hate is gone hate, but we're yeah. going to use that hate. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly that.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about, you know, starting up money because sometimes people don't have a pool of money to get their businesses going. So how can people without much finance and investment get started?
0: So for me, the value of money isn't to do with going to buy a fancy car. Yeah, and this is what I've learned throughout the time of my business. I don't care about that. For me, it's it's been able to like facilitate more time. So I can gather more time. When you when you increase your finances, you increase your time to do other things. Mm. But it's also like my goals are like to buy my mum a house. That's like what I have at the end of my goals. Like I'm taking my mum on holiday for the first time, which I've never been able to do in three weeks. And I'm like, that for me is like a a game changer that's why I want to have money so it's those kind of things for me and all of my money that I've gathered now started with one investment that I scraped together of £7,000 which I put all into my business idea so I literally had £7,000 I went on a bit of a whim and I just thought this product feels right and it was my stoma support belts and I put that £7,000 in and it was a risk there was a gamble element there but there was just a feeling I knew it was going to work. I had a building social media presence and I thought this product will help my community. It's helped me. And I just went for it.
1: So, you know, from listening to that, I mean, there's loads of things I want to pick out, you know, that's, you know <laughs> buying your mama a house and you know, those little things that, you know, oh my gosh, it's just making my heart swell mm. because you, in a way it's about choosing the things that matter to you, and going for those things rather than going for what other people think success is. Yeah, and also as well, it goes back to another thing we started talking about: personal experience. So everything that drives you has come through adversity.
0: Mm, yeah, and it has meaning. So the end thing, no. So basically, the the core ethos of everything I do is to help people. So if I can develop something that isn't available for people right now. And that's one of the reasons why I developed my belt being one example in a few of my other products is because what was available for patients in my situation was stuck in the sixties. So I was like, I want to re rebrand this remake this. Yeah. So that's what I've always done with everything I do. I think, right, where are people struggling and how can I help? And then, you know, if you're doing things like I've read, I've read loads of articles and stuff in the past. If the core basis of what you're trying to do is to help and connect people, the money will come afterwards. You don't need to worry about the finances. They will, they will follow, but you need to have the, the sort of vein running through your company to be something that's special. So
1: for anyone thinking of setting up a business when they haven't got much capital, it's go with your gut feeling.
0: Go with your gut feeling less like me. I haven't got a gut now, so that doesn't work anymore. Um.
1: (laughs) It's a phrase. I thought you could take
0: that. (laughs) But it's, um, yeah, you you have to go with, it has to feel right to you, authentic, and you have to love it. You have to be obsessed with it. Like like for me, growing my social media and stuff, I'm obsessed. Um, And at times it's been an unhealthy obsession. But the fact of the matter is, I love what I do. I love producing content, so it looks effortless. Whereas if something you're doing is not something you love, it's hard work. It's hard to get out of bed in the morning for.
1: Okay, well, how do you get balance? You said that you've you know, been obsessed with social media, something yeah. that's well, you know, we hear about that, that people need to get balance. Yeah. And so how do you do the keynote speaking? How do you, personal trainer, entrepreneur?
0: You know, I've had times where I've overdone it. I've overindulged and I've neglected certain elements of my life. But again, those negative experiences create change. You can't create change for a place that you haven't been. So when I know that I'm going wrong in some of those scenarios, whether it's like my fiance says, like, you're, you're too much time doing this. You need to get better. It's that micromanagement of your time and building a team. I just think if you've got multiple businesses, you have to have a team. And if you can get that team and be willing to pay for it, it will, it will buy back time for you, which is always the, the thing for me. How can I buy back time? I've got multiple editors now. I've got multiple videographers. I do some stuff myself still, absolutely. But for the things that I know are going to take me too much time, I invest. I yeah. invest into it.
1: So okay, so there's that element of pain for it. But you know, also having people <laughs> close to you who can tell you about yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. You need to have um you need to have connections in your circle that are people that you've known for a long time or people that you've newly met, but you trust what they say. Because what you don't want to be doing is, for one, taking information from people that haven't got your best interest at heart. Because when you do get to a certain point within business and success of like social media, like like, bearing in mind, I've grown my social media in lockdown. So I had a following, but it tenfolded to millions and millions in lockdown. So people that I thought had my best interest at heart sometimes didn't.
1: Okay, what's... One piece of advice you would give to other entrepreneurs looking to create a strong long-term business.
0: It needs to be something that's sustainable, but it also needs to be something that's needed. So almost like you're creating a essential product for such. I always used to look at stuff. So let's look at this table right now. Mm -hmm. I used to look at things like this microphone or this bolt that connects the mic to there. Someone's made millions of pounds from that. And I always have been fascinated by that concept so you need to look at what you love, what you're interested in, and then try and develop something within that remit. And that will create sustainability because it's always needed. But if it's not a needed product, it will fade with the times. It might be popular now, but then it will go.
1: Yeah,
0: It's not sustainable.
1: And we know that this mic will be needed for a long time. Yeah, this
0: has been here for a long time. Long already. time,
1: long time. More <laughs> podcasts need to be Well, Misha, to conclude the episode, I'd love to ask you some rapid fire questions. You up for it? it. Who is your business inspiration? Gary Vee. Best piece of business advice you've received?
0: Be careful who's closely connected to you.
1: Favorite part of running a business? The freedom. One thing nobody is talking about in business that they should be.
0: The value of understanding your workforce and connecting with them.
1: The one thing you wish you knew starting out
0: that anyone from any background can be successful and respected.
1: So your confession was around struggling with financial numbers as part of running a business. Mm -hmm. Do you forgive, regret or want to forget?
0: Forgive. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I've accepted it and I've made it part of who I am.
1: Misha, thank you so much for joining us today and thank you for sharing your inspiring business journey.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm
1: going to keep following you. And to everybody listening at home or watching along, thank you. And don't forget to hit follow and subscribe so you don't miss out on our next very exciting guest. And if today's episode has inspired you, head over to the NatWest website for information and tools that will help you take those next steps to success.